my value comes from who I am, not from what I do. And so on those days where maybe I'm having a bad day at practice or a bad game, I always try to revert back to, you know, who I am as a person and knowing that that one particular day or that one particular game does not define who I am. It's, it's how I treat people. It's how I carry myself. It's the values that I hold close to me that are important that will go much, that will go further along the way than a bad game or, you know, a bad practice. Cause that's not me, you know? And so that's just kind of the model that I try to stick to in, in every circumstance. It's, you know, it's not what I do, but um, it's who I am. Hey there, Hannah Donnelly here for another episode of On Her Mark WNBA Edition. After a long season, 40 full games, playoffs are here and we are here for it. I thought I'd bring you more player conversations so you can get to know the women you've watched all summer long on the hardwood. Today, we are chatting with a woman who has had the dream of playing in the WNBA for years, specifically for her hometown team in Los Angeles. And she is living it. For the second year in a row, Jordan Canada grew up and played college ball in LA. And after being drafted to Seattle and winning some rings there, she came down the coast to LA and is living her dream on her home court. On the court, she's a playmaker, creating opportunities for her teammates to score and execute. Off the court, she is just as selfless. Last month, she debuted her PE shoe with the Jordan brand, benefiting the Ronald McDonald House in L.A. She shares how this opportunity came to be and why it is so crucial that she focus on giving back to the community that surrounds her. She does not take her platform for granted and understands that it is both a privilege and responsibility to help make the world and game better for future generations. And we couldn't chat without talking about her incredible voice. She calls herself shy, and it can be hard for her to put herself out there. But when she opens her mouth to sing, she has got some pipes, y'all. We talk about how she learned she could even sing and the really cool goals she has with it. Let's just say you might be streaming some JC one day soon. I really loved chatting with Jordan, and we certainly just scratched the surface so much more to talk about with her. So please help me welcome Jordan Canada to the On Her Mark podcast. Well, Jordan, thank you for taking the time to chat today. I know that this is a crazy time of year. So how are you feeling right now? How are you doing? Uh, I'm a little tired from travel, but you know, that's to be expected with the crazy travel schedule that we have. So hopefully I can get some good rest and uh, be able to go for tomorrow. And so, I mean, this has been the longest season, um, extending games. Are you, can you feel that difference? Can, does the, the extra six games matter feels different? Yeah, at this point, definitely starting to feel it a little bit more just like with the travel and, you know, not being able to rest and recover uh, properly and especially us having this these last three games on the road. So definitely starting to feel the exhaustion and the fatigue. But I feel like that's with any team. 
I'm sure if you ask anybody else, they would say the same thing just because, you know, we've never experienced a 40 game um, season before. And, you know, the, the changes to travel wasn't really a change at all. So we're, we're feeling the effects of that. Um, but, you know, hopefully next season we'll be able to discuss, you know, something and change of travel where we can rest and uh, recover properly for these games, because now, Obviously, it matters when you're getting down to the stretch of trying to make playoff and you want to be as healthy as possible. I have so many questions for you about your experience in L.A. because I know how like that you're this is your home city. This is where you grew up. This is where you played to school. Now you're like living this dream in mm -hmm. L.A. And I know this is year two, but talk to me about what it feels like to kind of plant your roots professionally there. Man, it's a it's a dream come true, honestly. Like I have had a blast um, playing in LA, just being able to come home and feeling comfortable, having the support of you know fans that I've had since I was in high school, my family, my coaches, my AAU coaches, just having that support there. Um, it's just been amazing, and I love it. Um, I'm able to. You know, obviously we've had tons of adversity this season, but I feel like being at home, I've been able to decompress in those moments and be around love and support. Um, and that has helped me tremendously. And, you know, it's always been a dream, a dream of mine to come home and play for L.A. I remember as a little girl, I used to go to Sparks games all the time and, and uh, dreaming of being out on that floor. And now that that has come to to reality, like. I'm just very thankful and I'm blessed to even be in this position to do that because there's not a lot of, you know, players and athletes that, that get the opportunity to. So the fact that I just get to play in the purple and gold, um, it's a dream come true. And so you talked about a little bit of adversity this season and being able to really decompress. What does, what does that decompression look like for you? How do you recharge so that you can show up on the court the way that you need to? Well, I mean, my parents are, they live in LA. And so whenever I feel like, oh, I just want to, you know, just be around family or friends, I'll go over to my parents' house and I'll stay for a day or two. I have a dog as well. And he's kind of like my emotional support animal. I don't call him that, but to me, like, that's what he feels like. Um, you know, he's super loving and he's, he loves being around me and my family. So I usually go over to my parents' house and, you know, just get to sit there, talk to them, hang out with my brother as well. And then I have friends, you know, who I've known for years um, that still live in L.A. And so whenever I get to see them, I just hang out with them. Those are kind of the things that I do to decompress. I also love sleep as well. So I'm a sleep girl. I could sleep all day if I could. So there are some moments where are some days where I have an off day and I'm just like, I just want to lay in bed all day and just relax. So those are some of the ways that I decompress. Are you a pregame nap girl? Like is oh, I have for my naps. I have to at least have two hours. It has to be at least two hours. Um, I just like like I said, I love sleep. So anytime I do that, I will. But I feel more recovered and refreshed and um, ready to go for a game if I get a pregame nap in. But it's got to be two hours plus, which is crazy. So but they, they say it's not a nap. It's like me going to sleep, which I, because, you know, naps are usually like 15, 20 minutes, but that's kind of my routine. I mean, a 15, 20 minute nap. What's the point in my opinion? Like, right. 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 Like, <laughs> like, like as soon as you fall asleep, you have to wake up again. Like, you know, who wants to go through that?
it's a tease. And then you just want to go back. So I, I'm here for the longer <laughs> now. See, I didn't know that this was like a thing. And then from doing all of these interviews with you guys, all, like everyone is a nap person. And I'm like, all right, you guys are onto something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, like I just feel, I wake up, I feel ready to go. Cause you know, we don't usually play till the like late at night. So when we have shoot around at like 10 or 11, being up for that whole time and then having to play, a lot of minutes or just playing a game period I feel like that's just a lot of exhaustion so trying to get that nap in before so that way you're rested and you feel ready to go do you are you superstitious do you have any other like must do's before a game I won't call it a superstition but honestly this whole season I my pregame meals have been either jersey mics or it's been pasta Oh. It's been it's been those two consistently like and I never get tired of it. I wouldn't say it's a superstition, but it's something that I've noticed this season that whenever I have a game, I always have to have Jersey mics or some type of pasta, which is, you know, I wasn't like that in, in the past. But I guess Jersey mics have just grown on me so much that I almost have to have it before every game. I love that. What's the order? Um, I get a turkey, Mike's way, I add a little spicy brown mustard, pickles, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. Something simple. I love it. A little while ago, you mentioned the adversity this season. We talk about how you decompress. What do you think is so special about this team that has allowed you guys to hit that adversity and come back to perform and, and to find success? I think we're a really composed team. You know, even from the beginning of the season when we had those um, injuries or people were out with illnesses, I think we just stayed uh, even filled. You know, we never got too high or too low. And we have a lot of great leaders on this team in Lasia and Jazz and NECA and Chanae. Um, and even myself, who's, you know, getting into that role of becoming more of a vocal leader. We have so many voices and so many experiences on this team that I think that with the knowledge that we have, we've been able to just, you know, um, stay composed and poised. And, you know, also understanding that this is our rebuild year. We call it a rebuild year. You know, there's a lot of people on this team that are that are new and we're trying to, you know, adjust to the coaching staff and, and their system and getting to know one another on and off the court of, you know, just trying to build that chemistry together. And I think you were seeing that in the beginning of the season, just trying to find some type of flow um, that we didn't have. And I think, you know, after um, All-Star All -Star break, I think we really started to dive deeper into that, you know, chemistry as a team and being able to play well together and flowing off of each other and just reading. And I think you're starting to see that down the stretch that we just, you know, as long as we stay composed and everyone's on the same page, we're able to just play with a sense of freedom and play freely and play off of each other and, uh, you know, the coaches have put us in, you know, a, a great position to, to play that way and, you know, not always be in a box. So I think that, uh, you know, the more that we continue to play, the, you know, the better that we'll get. And so you've always kind of been this playmaker and creating opportunities for other people. Um, where did that mindset come from? I've always been like that since a, since a kid. I've always been a, a pass first type of guard, point guard. I also love to score, but I think. I get more satisfaction out of, you know, helping my teammates succeed and helping them win. And 
Um, that's just them for me being a little kid and, and being put in that position as a point guard. Um, my coach, uh, my AAU coach, Sherry Pegas, she, she was like really big on that when I was young, um, getting my teammates involved first and me being the point guard, I have to be the leader. I have to put people in positions to, to succeed. And I've just carried that with me throughout my whole career. And even now to this day, like I still enjoy being a pass first point guard and seeing my teammates score. Um, even though I've been put in a position to be more of a scorer this year, I just really get a sense of satisfaction and joy with seeing my teammates score and, and me being, you know, the person to give them the ball. So take me back to when, to like, to little Jordan, when you first start playing basketball, you're learning who you are as a point guard and you're, you know, you're getting, having incredible coaches. What drew you to the game and what made you say, I'm going to stay in this and pursue it to the to the top level? Yeah, so when I was about maybe five, six years old, um, my grandmother had a basketball court in her backyard. And I had older cousins, they were guys, they were probably in their teens. And I used to sit in the back and watch them play basketball. And I wanted to play, but they never let me play because I was young. I was five years old. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I don't really know much about basketball. Um, but they never let me play. So I would just have to sit there and watch. And I remember being at school too. And sometimes, and just wanting to play, but I wasn't really, I wasn't good at it, believe it or not. I was not good at basketball, but I knew for some reason I enjoyed watching it. And I told my mom, I was like, Hey, like, I think I want to play basketball. And she was a shock. Cause at first I wanted to run track. That was supposed to be the sport that I wanted to get into, but I wind up not liking it. And I told her about basketball. She's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, I want to, I want to try and play basketball. And one of her coworkers um, knew someone, Sherry Pegas, who was, who wind up being my AAU coach. She had a team um, at a uh, Rancho park, which is in Crenshaw area. And I went to a tryout. I was not good. I couldn't dribble the ball. I couldn't shoot. It was bad, but <laughs> I just, I love, I just love something about it. And mm-hmm. ever since that day, like my dad used to take me to the park and he would help me work on my game, my handles. And when I would go to practice, I got just better and better and better. And it kind of just took off from there. But in the beginning, I don't know really what drew me to basketball. I think it was just, you know, just watching my cousins play and, and mm-hmm. feeling like I couldn't play because they wouldn't let me. And, you know, I guess it, it just kind of happened from there. I feel like sometimes when you see, like you watch something and you're like, I want to do that. It doesn't matter how good or bad you are when you first start. You're like, I know what the potential is and I want to do that. Right. My dad, um, he actually told me when I was a a baby, maybe about two, three years, I would sit on the couch with him and I would watch the Laker games. And he said that I would just sit there and I would just watch. And I mean, I wouldn't like make any sort of reactions, but the fact that he said I would just sit there and I would just watch the games, he kind of, he always knew that, you know, I would want to do something with basketball just because of that moment. And then now thinking about it, when I did potentially start playing basketball and, and loving it more, my dad had bought these Laker Dynasty um, DVDs mm. and I used to sit and watch the DVDs. They were like when Magic was playing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They were like old, old um, games. And they put it on this DVD. And I used to just plop it in. And I used to sit there and I used to watch all the games. Like just 
all of them, the playoffs, when they won championships. And that was just kind of my thing as a kid. I, now thinking back, I'm like, I don't know why <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would do that. But it was something about the game that I just loved. Yeah. And that was such a special team to watch too. There's something about that that was more than just skill and more than just right. talent. There was like emotion and passion right. to that Lakers team that you can't put words to. You simply yeah. can't put words to. So are you watching Winning Time now on Max? I, I am watching Winning Time. <laughs> I haven't started the new season yet because I was trying okay. to wait until you know some more episodes came out so I could yeah. just watch it once. But I did watch the first season and I thought it was just, it was really interesting to see, you know, during that time period, how everything, you know, transpired. So I'm looking forward to watching the second season. Well, you'll have to, you'll have to report back. I like, I, we learned that a little more about Larry Bird. So Boston okay. fans are happy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Then I, I think I'm, I should start watching it pretty soon then. <laughs> and I also want to talk about this year. Your birthday week also was a big week where you um, kind of, you played for the first time in your uh, player edition shoes with the Jordan brand. And when <laughs> did this opportunity present itself and what was your reaction? Yeah. So a couple of years ago, actually, I wanted to um, create a PE shoe with Ronald McDonald. But I think the time, uh, the time frame was a little bit too short, so we weren't able to do it. And this time around, you know, being more involved with Ronald McDonald, I said, you know what, hey, like this is the perfect time for us to, you know, do a collaboration. And you know, it came out fantastic. So I, I had the opportunity to go to the Ronald McDonald House in LA, and they had this big white canvas, um, and it was art night. And so I just got to go and I got to talk to some of the families and meet some of the children and get to know their stories and their families. And we just sat there and they painted whatever they wanted to paint on this canvas. And I got to paint um, something as well. And then they took the canvas and they gave it to Jordan and they did, they put it on the shoe and it came out so great. And I was just, I was in shock. Like it was a beautiful shoe. I couldn't wait to wear it. Um, and then I decided I want to take it a, a step further. I don't want it to just be, you know, something that I just show up for and, you know, to create the shoe. I actually wanted to, you know, try and do something, you know, meaningful. So I, I wore my shoe and I, I plan to, you know, auction off the shoe. I have a couple pairs of them. So I, I plan to auction off my game shoes that I wore against Atlanta and then uh, another shoe do a giveaway and, and give the, the proceeds back to Ronald McDonald because I, I just think, you know, it's, it's important to give back as, as much as possible. And, you know, some of the families got to come to the game and they got to see me uh, do my individual shooting before and they got to sit in the suite and they it was their first time going to a WNBA game. And so the stuff like that is just really important to me. And I was so thankful and grateful that you know, Jordan, you know, supported that idea and being able to put it on the shoe. Um, it came out amazing. It was, it was lovely. And I got to give a pair to Ronald McDonald house for them to have and signed it. And so I'm just really thankful that I had that, that opportunity, but, um, just the platform that I have to just give back in any way that I can. I love that about you. And I think that that's something that a lot of people can get to, to where you are and, and simply just kind of like, use the platform here and there and, you know, do things, but it's something that's really important to you and you're vocal about is the community around you. How do you do that year round? Well, I try to be intentional. You know, I've been very fortunate with the upbringing that I've had, you know, mm-hmm. the, the 
the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. And I feel like I've had that supportive village of, you know, my family, my teammates, my coaches, friends, um, everyone throughout my whole career of playing. I've had, you know, a lot of people that have supported me and I'm very fortunate to have those people in my life still. And I think it's important for me, the platform that I have to impact other people's lives and um, people that may not be as fortunate as I am or people that are, I feel like everybody deserves to have some type of support. And I think it's important for me to give back as much as possible because I remember as a girl growing up playing basketball and sports, I didn't have necessarily, um, I, I saw the role models, but I didn't have that one-on-one connection. I didn't have the chance to connect well, you know, with those professional athletes, because during that time, you know, there was uh, going overseas was a priority. And so I didn't really get to have that interaction with a lot of the athletes that I watched and I saw. And I want to make that really intentional in, in my career is how can I find a way to impact the youth in some form or fashion, whether that is me creating a shoe or, or collaborating with them and getting to know them or simply you know, talking to them, giving them a hug, giving them a hot five, or just engaging with them in any way that I can. I think that's super important because like I said, there, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't as fortunate as I am. And I think it's important to give back and show, you know, pass it down to the next generation. So that way they can see like, Hey, this is how it was done. I want to be able to do that as well. So when you talk about not, you know, that the the kind of the lack of connection growing up in, in scene in women's sports, right? It just, we didn't have social media. We didn't have a lot of the access to female athletes that we do today. There wasn't as, there weren't as many opportunities. So to see young women at your games and to know that they have you as a role model and to know that you're also changing the game, you're not just passively playing. You guys are fighting for a better future for this next generation what does that feel like to know where you sat as a young girl and where you sit now? It's a privilege. Um, honestly, it's a privilege. It's an honor. Cause you know, there's not a lot of, you know, it's, it's, it's very hard to make to the W and it's very hard to stay in this league. You know, there's not a lot of opportunities for us. Um, there's only a certain amount of spots and, you know, we're continuing to grow and hopefully in the next Coming years, we'll have more opportunities, more teams where, you know, there'll be more players, but it's very hard to get into this league. It's very hard to stay in this league. So it's, it's a privilege, but, and it's also an honor and it's a responsibility for the people that are on this platform to, you know, try to continue uh, the progression of this league and, and women's sports in general. And I think that has happened over the course, since I've been in the league, I will say, Um, Every year I I see it grow. Um, You know, we still have, you know, ways that we can improve. But I think as far as access to women's sports and access to us um, making connections with, you know, the younger generation, it's just been way more opportunities than the past. And I think that's what it's all about is how we can grow and move the game forward and also have opportunities and platforms to give back. Um, to the youth. So that way, when they get in our position and we're, you know, retired and it's still moving in in a direction that we wanted to move in. And I think you guys are doing a a great job of that collectively as a league, um, as players of the league. So, Mm -hmm. so brava to you for that and keep going. (laughs) 
Are you looking for the perfect spot to find a pumpkin spice latte this fall or the best family-friendly activities or even interviews with your favorite celebrities? Well, you can find them all in one place with the weekly Hubbub newsletter. Sign up by going to our website, nbc10boston.com forward slash newsletters. Drop your email and you'll have the info you need in your inbox every Thursday. What's so cool about WNBA players and professional athletes, uh, female athletes in general, is that there's like so much to you guys off the court and you guys are willing to share that. Um, to see that you guys are like a full human that like lives life and you are an artist and you sing. And so I'd love to learn where that passion came from and what that looks like for you. Yeah. So my dad is actually a singer. He um, was in a group like I can't even remember somewhere in the eighties, he was in a, a music group and he was the lead singer and he used to travel all over the world and all over the country doing tours and, you know, um, concerts and stuff. So I got my singing ability from him, but I didn't realize that I could sing probably not until my eighth grade year in middle school. I signed up for the choir because um, I had to do something other than basketball at the time with the, the, the coach that I had. So I wind up signing up for um, choir because one of my good friends was in class. I was like, okay, I'll just, you know, just do it. And I winded up surprising myself, honestly, that I was really good at singing. Um, and from there, I kind of just, yeah, I'm, I'm very shy and I'm very reserved. So it, it took a lot for me to, you know, uh, sing when anybody would ask me to sing. And even still to this day, I'm a little bit shy. And when people ask me, I don't do it. But um, over the years, I'm like, you know what? I have to share this talent. People, my friends tell me all the time that you need to share your talent. You need to, you know, do this. You know, God gave you this ability to sing. You should be able to, you know, use your voice and people want to hear you. So then I started doing like these covers of songs and I wind up liking it. Honestly, uh, I, I think it's a breath of fresh air for me to, you know, dive into that avenue of singing and, and, and thinking about, you know, do could I have a future in this and, and wanting to pursue music? I thought about it a lot in, you know, the recent years of actually wanting to pursue that. I do have it as a goal of mine to put an out an album. So I don't know when that will happen, but I know that's on my bucket list. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of trying to see, you know, because, you know, overseas and traveling don't really have as much opportunities to like get in the studio and stuff. So I think mm -hmm. at some point I really do want to try uh, going down that avenue and see where that takes me. But I really do enjoy it, though. Mm -hmm. I love that. Who are your like, uh, who'd you say your artist inspiration is? I have so many. Her, I love her. I love her music. She's one of my favorite artists. If I wanted to go and singing in that direction, that would be along the lines of someone who I would want to mimic, you know, mm -hmm. uh, my style after. Um, of course, Beyonce. I mean, she's <laughs> the pinnacle I mean. of all artists. I really enjoy Neo. I love how I love his songwriting. There's a lot of songs that he's written, not just from him, but from other artists as well mm -hmm. uh, that he's written for. I love the way he writes. Chris Brown, he's really good. I have a lot. Giveon, Lucky Day, um, Janae. I, I have a whole bunch, but those are kind of some of the artists that I listen to co consistently. I love R&B, so I listen to that a lot more. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but her for sure would be the person that I would want to like actually be in the studio with and learn mm-hmm. from because I, I really love her style. I love that. I can see it. Let's let's manifest it. <laughs> let's just put it out there. <laughs> Here, hopefully she sees this, this, this podcast. She's like, hey, I want to want to work with Jordan. There we go. There we yeah. go. You got it. You got to say it somewhere and then it just lives exactly. and it, it gets into the right hands eventually. Right. Um, so the final question I'll ask you is something I ask everyone and that's on hard days when things are tough at practice in life. Do you have a motto that you lean on to help get you through? Yes. So I learned this, I got this motto in college. Um, I used to write this at the top of my journal um, after every practice, our coach will make us do this. Um, and the motto was, uh, my value comes from who I am, not from what I do. And so on those days where maybe I'm having a bad day at practice or a bad game, I always try to revert back to, you know, who I am as a person and knowing that that one particular day or that one particular game does not define who I am. It's, it's how I treat people. It's how, I carry myself. It's the values that I hold close to me that are important that will go much, that will go further along the way than a bad game or, you know, a bad practice. Cause that's not me, you know? And so that's just kind of the model that I try to stick to in, in every circumstance. It's, you know, it's not what I do, but um, it's who I am. That's incredible. And it's so amazing that your coach is the one who, who implemented that. Yeah language into your your routine it's it's funny because during that time being a college athlete you know I, I remember those times where I'm just like oh I don't feel like doing this I don't feel like writing in my journal every day after practice we had to write 10 things that we did good today and it it couldn't it didn't have necessarily have to be something um like me making a good pass like it, it, it didn't have to be something along those lines it could be how I how I treated a teammate mm-hmm. or you know, things of that nature. And I used to dread doing it all the time. Like, oh my God, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like doing this. But now in retrospect, when I look back on those things, I'm like, I'm very thankful that I did do that mm-hmm. because now that's something that, you know, I carry with me. And if I wasn't consistent in doing that, even on the days where I didn't feel like doing that, I wouldn't have remembered that that motto. And it just hit me one day. I'm like, huh, that, that still sticks with me till this day. So, you know. Mm-hmm. For every, who anyone is listening, any college players or young girls, you know, you still got to just stick to it. I promise at some point it's going to start to click. You may not feel like doing it now, but later years, you'll understand why you did. And, you know, I'm very thankful that I was able to stick with that. It's the habit building and it's the most annoying things that you don't want to do. And then as you get older, you see the impact and you're like, this is, this was important. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Jordan, thank you so much for taking the time and good luck uh, this week and in the future. And we'd love to have you back on the podcast. So stay in touch. This was such a fun conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. We certainly just scratched the surface. There is so much to dive into, but that is what is so incredible about these WNBA players and these 
female athletes. There is so much to them, and we'd love to see it. As a reminder, there are tons of new player conversations right here on the podcast platform. Make sure to download those, and while you're at it, catch up on all the other content we have for you there too. And drop a rating or review if you can, whatever your podcast platform asks for, so we can keep getting you more content like this. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I'll catch you guys next time. 